Welcome to a nonfiction story cast about people in Seattle who built churches and how they did it. I'm Cindy Safranoff. I'm the author, and this is Dedication, building the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church, a centennial story. Part 2, Episode 5, To Arouse United Interest. 1929. On Sunday, November 24, 1929, the day of the dedication services for Third Church of Christ Scientist Seattle, all of the Christian Science churches in the area announced another special event planned for the following Saturday evening. First readers read the following notice. Members of Churches and Societies of Christ Scientist Seattle and members of the Mother Church are invited to attend a mass meeting to be held at Fourth Church Edifice, 8th Avenue and Seneca Street, Saturday evening, November 30th at 8 o'clock. The purpose of this meeting is to arouse united interest in the dedication of all Christian science churches in Seattle. The new Joint Dedication Committee immediately enlarged the scope of their activity to include the broader community of Christian scientists in Seattle. Officially called the Committee for the Promotion of the Dedication of Christian Science Churches of Seattle, at its first official meeting at the Empire Building on Friday, November 15th, the committee agreed to the goal of dedicating as many branch churches as possible that year. The cooperative approach would only work if everyone supported the idea. Every local church member needed to understand the idea of joint dedication and support it with their prayers, their words, and their financial contributions. Every branch church needed to ratify the formation of the new joint activity and its plan. The mass meeting at Fourth Church to arouse united interest would reveal how much support there really was within their local Christian science community for this bold new initiative. Fourth Church had become the regular venue for large meetings for the Christian science community annual meetings for the associations of the pupils of all the local Christian science teachers were held there, and it was where representatives from the Christian Science Publishing Society, the Committee on Publication, and the Mother Church in Boston usually introduced new initiatives to Seattle-area Christian scientists. Located downtown at the center of the regional transportation network, Fourth Church was the most convenient place for gathering area Christian scientists, and no Christian science church edifice in the region was larger. Designed at a moment in the development of Christian science in Seattle, when promoting a democratic culture of inclusiveness and equality was foremost priority, its 1,200-seat auditorium was arranged in a semicircle, with all seats on the main floor with no obstructing pillars, the curved ceilings of its great hall resulted in excellent acoustics, allowing every voice to be heard, even before electronic amplification was available, making it especially conducive to open discussions among large assemblies. 
Its huge foyer was an excellent space for mingling after meetings, furthering fellowship between members of all the branch churches. The other large Christian science church in Seattle, First Church on Capitol Hill, still held some preeminence. Its most influential member, Alan H. Armstrong, the Christian science teacher whose arrival from San Jose, California, triggered exponential growth of Christian science in Seattle, although recently deceased, had continuing influence through his many students. First Church had the most official members of all the branch churches in the area, and so it was by far the largest financial contributor to the many joint activities supported by ProRata, a monthly payment based on the size of the membership body. First Church was the default location for joint board meetings, where the most important discussions about harmony and unity among branch churches and decisions relating to joint activities had taken place. But having Fourth Church as the home base for this newest joint activity for church dedication marked a subtle but significant shift in the balance of influence between the local Christian Science churches a new dynamic for a new era for the Seattle branches of Mary Baker Eddy's church. With Third Church in the University District now safe from foreclosure, attention turned to helping the other debtor churches in a more systematic way. The economic hardships of the financial downturn threatened many of the newly built Christian Science Church edifices, the collective indebtedness of the undedicated churches, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 9th, and 10th, was, according to a church report, about $175,000, almost as much as the total cost of the original mother church. There were questions to resolve about whether to focus on one church at a time or to spread out contributions between all the debtor churches, whether all churches should make contributions or only the dedicated ones, and how to fairly account for the wide variety in church sizes. Most of the Seattle churches had much smaller congregations than Fourth Church. The Joint Dedication Committee was comprised of one board member from each of the churches and societies in Seattle. At that time, there were 12, but more were forming in the region. That spring, a new Christian Science Society was founded on Mercer Island, a separate city east of Seattle, and almost immediately, there were discussions on whether to include them in the joint activities. The committee did not resolve all questions at its first meeting, but they did agree to a basic plan. At church services, the first readers would regularly announce, The churches and societies of Christ Scientists in Seattle unite in contributing the collection of the third Sunday of each month towards the dedication of Christian Science churches in Seattle. Then they would announce the receiving branch for that month, as decided by the joint committee. The first target was Sixth Church. At the time, Sixth Church was just finishing their building project at the corner of 42nd Avenue Southwest and Southwest Lander Street in the Admiral District of West Seattle. 
This residential neighborhood was on the south side of Elliott Bay and was near Alki Point, where the first settlers of European ancestry to the area had arrived. West Seattle development initially lagged behind other districts, but then grew rapidly during the 1920s. The Christian Science Church that had begun in 1913 as a small informal group meeting in homes had grown over the subsequent 16 years along with the district. The West Seattle Christian Science Society reorganized in 1919 as Sixth Church of Christ Scientist. Then for a decade they held services at the Masonic Hall on California Avenue near Lander Street. In February 1929, they secured a building site a block away across the street from an Olmsted-designed recreational park. As soon as the members voted to build, despite the worsening economic conditions, the project progressed rapidly. Construction began in July, the cornerstone was laid on October 9th, and the building was complete in December. Sixth Church announced it would hold opening services at its new building on Wednesday, January 1, 1930. The West Seattle Church was designed by architect Gerald C. Field, a member of Fourth Church, and built by Neil McDonald, the contractor for Third and Fourth Churches. Rather than using the neoclassical style that had been so popular for Christian Science churches in the late 1890s through the early 1920s, Sixth Church chose the newly trending architectural style called Art Deco. Mr. Field designed a brick-faced building with an auditorium for $350. The total cost was about $37,000. The members were about to get some help paying for their new building. The mass meeting at Fourth Church that Saturday evening was an opportunity to share information about the new Joint Dedication Committee and its approach, goals, and rules, and to answer questions from the audience, even have some open discussion. But this was not a business meeting. It was primarily about inspirational sharing. Committee members each had prepared a short paper to read aloud to the assembly, written in a similar style as the articles published in the Christian Science Journal or Sentinel, using occasional short quotes from the Bible or Mary Baker Eddy, but otherwise their own original writings on the principles of Christian science. The papers were a way to share the results of individual study, fresh insights on spiritual concepts relating to dedication. The speakers were assigned words and phrases from the November 6th telegram from the Mother Church, like brotherly love, unity, and God's omnipotence, as topics to explore. The meeting was so successful, they decided to hold mass meetings quarterly over the next year. Walter G. Stanley described these meetings as joyous occasions to express unity and gratitude to God for His goodness. Usually held at Fourth Church on Saturday evenings, the regular mass meetings kept the broader church community engaged with the regional focus on dedication. 
Branch churches also kept their members informed and inspired by holding local meetings, at times monthly, usually immediately after a Wednesday testimony meeting. Reports from the joint dedication meeting were read, and inspirational ideas on dedication were shared, sometimes as prepared papers by board-appointed speakers, sometimes spontaneously by those attending the meetings. Church clerks sent letters to their members as needed. By early January, all area churches had officially ratified the joint dedication plan. It was immediately put into action. Sixth Church received gifts during their opening month from all the Seattle churches, totaling $1,718. The amount was, of course, far less than the $25,000 given to Third Church, but it was nonetheless a generous gesture of appreciation for Seattle's newest architectural gem. Going forward, this initiative was no longer about emergency bailouts, but a long-term cooperative strategy. Starting in February and continuing until further notice, the next target church would be Fourth Church. Fourth Church had by far the largest construction mortgage of all the Seattle churches, and there were things remaining to be done on the building and things needing to be redone. Between mid-October and mid-November 1929, while the financial markets were collapsing, Fourth Church was renovating. They had to replace the plaster in the auditorium, a major effort which required building a huge custom scaffolding structure. The project, supervised by architect Frank Fowler and carried out by Neil MacDonald, was rushed because they had to get the work done before the rainy season began and the outdoor air became too humid for the plaster to dry. On November 10th, Fourth Church asked its own congregation to give five times their normal amount to cover the renovation cost. But after the collection was taken, they still had a balance due of almost $1,400. Some members on the board of directors of Fourth Church had hesitated to participate in joint dedication because of their church's own immediate financial needs. The board debated whether to even send a representative to the November 15th committee organizing meeting at the Empire Building because of concern that by merely attending, they would be committing to support whatever the majority of representatives decided. Even Fourth Church, with its congregation of thousands between its morning and evening Sunday services, could hardly afford to give their third Sunday of the month collection to another church's building fund. On this point of concern, Fourth Church was not alone. The boards of other branch churches, even with having newly constructed buildings, had major maintenance and redecoration projects on their agendas. But Fourth Church had a history of supporting joint activities. They were instrumental in the launch of the first joint reading room in Seattle in 1912 and other early joint activities. They had a history of generous philanthropy, having supported charitable causes, including Jewish refugees when war broke out in Europe and the troops when the United States joined the war. 
the members of Fourth Church had learned, as was repeated again and again at all the local Christian science churches during the years of building, from the writings of Mary Baker Eddy. Giving does not impoverish us in the service of our Maker, neither does withholding enrich us. The Joint Dedication Committee was just getting going, but it was off to a good start. It had successfully aroused united interest in dedication. Thanks for listening to Dedication by me, Cindy Safranoff. All events and characters in this story are as true and accurate as the available sources. All opinions are mine. To support and learn more about this groundbreaking research project and read my writing, visit cindysafranoff.com.